one size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com/spoken today. Hi, I'm Andy Murray and you're listening to the Tennis Podcast. Welcome to the Tennis Podcast, brought to you in association with The Telegraph. My name is David Law, commentator for BT Sport and BBC Radio 5 Live, joined by Catherine Whitaker, as always, from Eurosport, who are going to be covering the Davis Cup by BNP Paribas over the next three days, our Eurosport, as our tennis channel in the United States. It all kicks off on Friday at 2 o'clock local time in Zagreb, Croatia. Catherine and myself are here to preview it. Catherine, it, I can't believe it's a year ago since Britain won the Davis Cup. I, w- I would have been in Ghent in Belgium a year ago. One whole year ago, yes. I was just on the uh, Davis Cup website and I see that Great Britain is still the top-ranked Davis Cup nation. I'm quite sure that will change after the final. Argentina are currently the second-ranked Davis Cup nation. I don't know whether they can only move up should they win uh, but anyway yeah great but the legacy is still there they're still clinging on to the uh, the title of davis cup champions i don't know were they presumably the handing over of the trophy which has been on a tour of the uk for the past 12 months was a um a poignant moment but who knows maybe we'll get it back one day who knows but uh yeah, it's really ignited, it, certainly in this country, it ignited a, a fire and an interest in the Davis Cup, which I still think we're we're seeing the effects of a year later, which is great. Yeah, I agree. Uh, just on the, on the subject of getting it back, have you ever wondered how they actually ship that thing around? I mean, they keep, it kept turning up at sort of local schools in the UK as they were doing the, the, the sort of tour of Great Britain and really trying to spread the word about, about it. But, I mean, it, that thing is, is as big as me, and I'm six feet seven inches tall, Ooh. and that's made of wooden silver. Well, I, I, mean, believe, you know, I, I believe it can be disassembled to some extent. It, it is... It's in parts, isn't it? The trophy portion can be removed. From, I don't know how much of the wooden base plinthy thing. Can, I don't know if that can be disassembled in any way. Imagine getting up and down the country. Fine. Hire a van. Man and van. Boom. You're done. Getting it internationally, international travel for the Davis Cup, probably a bit more problematic. 
Well, that is a bit like shipping me around the world as opposed to the country then because I'm a bit more difficult to get into those economy seats on the way to Australia. Anyway, enough of my travel problems, Catherine. We really should talk about the Davis Cup final. Um, and there's lots to talk about. I, I, I hadn't really cottoned on. I hadn't, it hadn't really occurred to me just how big a deal this is. I mean, it's a, it's a big deal to any country that's in the Davis Cup final. But Argentina have been trying to win this thing for a for hundred years and uh, they got to their first final in 1981 they've been to four finals overall they've never won it I mean this is this is a massive deal yeah if they continue to not win it the the jinx just gets bigger and bigger you start to think well will they ever win it you know if they don't get this one and it's by no means a given in fact they're they're not the favorites I don't think um yeah that 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 jinx and all the proverbial you know the monkey on the back it's just going to continue to grow isn't it 1981 their first final and they had a pretty strong team back then Jose Luis Clerc and uh, Guillermo Vilas that's not too shabby is it they've they've consistently I mean yes ups and downs stronger points than others but they've pretty much consistently over the last 35 years had great strength and depth uh, as a tennis nation. And the fact that they haven't won the Davis Cup is a massive oversight, a massive omission, really. So they really they really ought to think about winning one, David. Yeah, I mean, you know, pull your finger out, Argentina. Well, fortunately for them, they got a fantastic win against Great Britain in the semi-finals to go to, to Scotland to take on Andy Murray, the world number one, and to get the win is is really a heck of an achievement. And and obviously, Juan Martin Del Potro did the hard work initially by winning that five-setter, and it was Leonardo Meyer who ended up winning the decider, who isn't playing singles. I have to say, the, the draw was made a couple of hours ago as we record this now. I was quite surprised about that in a way that that he didn't get the nod because Del Bonis, who's been chosen for singles, didn't end up playing at all in the uh, in the the Great Britain tie so it starts off with Marin Cilic against Federico Del Bonis then it is uh Juan Martin Del Potro against what I think is the most fantastic sort of other sidebar story Ivo Karlovic aged 37 who's the oldest man since the 20s to play singles in a a Davis Cup final so so many good little storylines going around here yeah, for me, the Leo Meyer omission, uh, it's really taken me by surprise. And I know, I know his form is not good. I know he's lost to players outside the world's top 300. I know that doesn't look great, but he, by definition, is a player that in Davis Cup throws the form book out of the window. So to then judge him on to make the call based on form sort of misses the point. It's definitely. I think the easier choice for Daniel Orsonic, it's easier to to explain, you know, just point people towards the form book. There you go, job done. But I think it's a shame. He was so good against GB. He really was good. That final tie, the final rubber against Dan Evans. I mean, he was an absolute revelation and 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 to do it away from home as well i've seen him do that in argentina where those crowds are famously feverish and i've seen him come alive under those circumstances but to see him do it away from home as he did against gb i i would have thought that 
alone probably would have been enough to get him the nod this time around. But no disrespect to Del Bonis. He's he's a, a very solid player who's got a very respectable Davis Cup record. But I personally am a little bit surprised. Yeah, I, I'm quite surprised as well. Although, of course, they can change things in the final rubber because that's what they did against Great Britain. They they initially played Guido Payer in the first of the singles against... Um, Carl uh, uh, Edmund, wasn't it? He beat, uh, and then they they switched in Meyer at the end to play against Dan Evans. So you G- can you can make those changes. Guido Pella, David Guido Pella. Oh yeah, I got that one wrong at the time, and I remember getting told off about it. So uh, now I've got it wrong again. Uh, so anyway, sorry, um, Guido. So you, you actually asked me about Karlovich, didn't you? Yes, it is amazing. But question for you, David. One thing that. I I know that you and I have in common amongst a, a sea of things we don't have in common um, is that we believe that your country should retire you. You shouldn't retire from playing for your country, correct? In it, This applies yes. to all sports. We, yes, I, we I are both firm believers uh, in that. And Karlovic retired from Davis Cup play four years ago and is now striding back in on a horse for the uh for the final four years later what what do you think about that horse aside I mean, ultimately i think it's a question of needs must and uh, you know borna chorich i think would have been playing it had he not suffered such a a bad injury and, and he's not going to take any part in the tie now um i mean really croatia haven't got many options if you if you if you go through their their ranks they've got Chilich, all you know, other players have retired now, and with with Chorich injured, you are left with with Karlovic. Now, I'm not. It it isn't something that that I find wholly comfortable because because I agree with that. I mean, look, you can do what you like. You can come back and and unretire. Personally, I I know that I know that there were political issues for Karlovic with the uh, with the Croatian Federation over the course of his career as well so and I, and I don't know the the nitty-gritty of it I mean but but in terms of my ideology yes I I, I think you you have your hand up at the same time you know we're, we're always talking about Andy Murray he stopped playing for a while didn't he and and I actually think I can kind of see the reasons that he did given that Britain got to such a low ebb he didn't retire this, you know, though he didn't say no. I no longer as a rule I'm making myself ineligible effectively to play for my country uh, yeah I, I that element I don't really I think you can change your mind about whether you want to retire from the sport for instance and make a comeback like Kim Clijsters did or or like Justin Ennan did um, so that element of it doesn't really bother me as much as the simple fact that i i generally speaking do believe that you should be available if selected um you you're right though they are i mean they're i mean on a personal level it's a great shame for Borna church because what he did against the united states was amazing and uh oh i i i would have loved to see him come alive again in in the final and i think it would have been great to see it's the only thing it's it, it's missing really this final a real young up and coming player that could could make his mark we've talked so much about how the davis cup can be make or indeed break for young players and you know a, a youngster like chorich is what it's missing i believe he's still there in zagreb he's still going to be a part of the whole experience but i mean how heartbreaking for him not to be able to 
be involved. And I have to say, I must admit that uh, as a result of his not being um, fit to play, Croatia have named a doubles player that I had previously never heard of, Franco Skugor. Had you heard of him, David? Honestly, I've heard now, of the name. honestly, I have heard the name. I've never seen him play. Could I know you nothing pick him about out of the lineup? him. No. Not even a two-man lineup. If I didn't know who the other one was, um, so no, I, I can't say I know anything about him. But, uh, but that's guess, the beauty of it, I think. I'm going to guess that he's tall and uh, dark, dark-haired. How do, See, think, how do you think I'm doing? Isn't it? I mean, you know, look, Jelko Kryan, uh, who's the uh, the Davis Cup captain. Uh, is a former player, and he's neither of those things. So it is yeah, possible. To, there are exceptions, to, but I'm. Yeah. I'm playing the odds, David. I'm playing the odds. I'm going tall and dark. <laughs> okay, all right. Well, I, I suspect you may be right. Um, big but serve. You know what? I reckon he's got uh, a big serve, David. Good, I, good well, wingspan up at the net. Yeah. Uh, wingspan of a pterodactyl, <laughs> which is uh, which is what I like to describe um, uh, Milos Raonic having. Um, the, um, the, the, the Chorich element, I think, is a shame because not only... <laughs> Is he a, a good player? I think he's perfect for Davis Cup. He has the right attitude. He he played fabulously against Jack Sock in in the result that actually ended up winning that tie from zero two down. That was the one really that got Croatia to where they are now um, and into into the final. Shame for him. But the Karlovic story, take away the the retirement element from it, I think is is a a fantastic little story isn't it um somebody who is 37 years of age i remember him playing against argentina in 2002 i remember watching that tie that's 14 years ago and uh i remember seeing that when i was i was actually in croatia at the time i was living there at the time and watching as he (laughs) Poor old Evo trying to slam his serve down on the slowest indoor clay court you've ever seen in your life and just getting tied up in knots by Gaston Gaudio, who went on to win the uh, the French Open a couple of years later, of course. Well, well, he shouldn't have such issues this time because I believe it's a pretty fast indoor court that they've laid but, down in Zagreb. You know, but not as fast as they wanted it to be, the team. It's quite it's quite interesting. I listened to the um, the press conference a couple of days ago, that uh, before they had the draw, this was a couple of days ago, and you could tell from the answers given by Cilic and Karlovic that the court wasn't quite as quick as they were hoping it was going to be. That they, they said, you know, hopefully it will speed up a bit as, as it gets played on. But you know, it's actually described on, on the Davis Cup website as medium slow. And obviously the, the home team has that, that choice to make. But, you know, I think that those two probably would have liked it to be grease lightning because uh, I remember um, uh, Del Potro playing against John Isner, I think, at Queens and, and losing out in two very close sets. They, they really will be hoping, I think, that, that Karlovic can just get into those tie breaks. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I, I read a brilliant quote from Ivo Karlovic saying, yeah, I think I think I'm going to try and uh, keep the points short <laughs> against <laughs> against Del Potro because, you know, he prefers the longer points. And, and I think I, I, it'd be better if I keep the points short. And I'm thinking, Ivo, doesn't that apply to every match you've ever played? But anyway, <laughs> anyway, that's his tactic. He's going to try and keep the points short. So good luck to you, Evo. Hopefully, you know, he'll be hoping for just one point, one one shot points. That's that's his MO, isn't it? Uh, but anyway, it is. 
So uh, they've had they've had the, they've had the draw today, Catherine. We, we we've actually got got a, a, a chance to hear from from some of the players that, that are in that draw. So they're, they're going to start off with Chilich against Delbonis, and and Chilich particularly looking forward to starting against Federico Delbonis. Um, we've played already a couple of times before in the past, and I know Federico is a really good uh, quality player and produce can produce. Uh, Great tennis. Uh, I had uh, already few scalps against the top players, and definitely that uh, that means in the words of, of his quality. And uh, definitely, um, you know, from my own thoughts, uh, it's going to be a difficult match also to open it up. Um, it's always a little bit more, uh, few more nerves on, on Friday than on the rest of the days, as it's uh, just the beginning. But I'm hoping to uh, play well. On the other hand, uh, plus, you know, if I'm going to be playing in doubles, which I believe I will, it's it's uh, going to give me a few hours extra to prepare and, uh, you know, hopefully to uh, get recovered a bit, a bit quicker. Now, Catherine, I, I find it quite interesting that Cilic made the point that, that he starts against Delbonis, which, which is actually might end up being a good thing for him in as much as he's likely to be playing doubles. It just gives him a few hours extra, doesn't it, to, to prepare for, for the middle day because he's going to have to do the whole thing. It's not, that's where Argentina have a big advantage, I think, is they have that depth. You're suggesting that my new favourite player, Franco Scugor, might not actually play the doubles. Well, no, I, I, I don't know. You know, <laughs> don't, it's, it's... don't doubt the skills of Franco, David. Who you've suddenly not, become this sort of Franco authority with on. the big serve and the big wingspan at the net. Not Franco. Um, <laughs> yes, you are probably right. I do think it's a favourable look. I mean, the, the Davis Cup, the, the nature of the davis cup and and the ties and how they're played is is such that the draw i don't think has a huge bearing either way but as far as it goes i think it is favorable for croatia because of that element you've mentioned because that's obviously the tie with the 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 biggest gap in terms of ranking and who's the favourite going into it you would expect Marin Cilic all other things being equal to get that win on the board and as he points out that really takes the pressure off Ivo Karlovic and really puts the pressure on Del Potro um, and puts a slightly different complexion on that match so I I think marginally it's a favourable draw for Croatia. Indeed Uh, Catherine Franco Skugor um, guess what He's got dark hair. Woohoo! He's he's got I knew stubble. It. I knew. It. I just I just felt it in my bones. He's got he's got dark stubble, and he is six feet eight inches tall. Is he really? Uh, two meters and three centimeters, and uh, aged twenty nine uh, from Shibenik, which is a lovely part of Croatia. Oh, I mean, I'm a bit biased. I love all parts of Croatia, and uh, so yeah, there we are. You, you, you were right. He's oh, precisely you, you to- as I envisaged. I know. I mean, well done. I, I th- I'm impressed. So anyway, that that's who Franco Skugor is. I tell you what, imagine him stood next to six feet, 11 inch Karlovic, who I think might be just nudging seven foot now as he gets towards his 40th year. Um, so anyway, so six feet, eight inches just tall. Just so you know, David, that's not how it works. Isn't it? No. Oh, I, well, I'm still growing. I mean, I'm I'm 43 now, and uh, and I'm definitely by the time I'm 50, I'm going to be up there with Karlovic, no question about it. And then I'm going to start going down again. So anyway, um, the second rubber we're going to see Karlovic up against one Martin Del Potro. I tell you, 
You only have to look at a picture of Del Potro to cheer yourself up, is, is my theory. I mean, he, he's, he's absolutely surrounded by journalists. He's smiling away, but he's a bit edgy. Well, I'm, I'm very, very nervous. Uh, we're almost uh, done. The preparation is over, and we are one day left to, to go. We're very excited to play this final in, in a good shape, uh, I think. Uh, we think they are the favorite to to win, but we we are very proud to be here and we trust in our team and we are looking forward to do a good weekend. We love to play uh, our country, to representative our country behind uh, all our support and many Argentinian fans are coming to watch us and and cheer for us and it's going to be a, I think a great atmosphere. Uh, of the court and I think for us it's incredibly weak. This podcast is brought to you by eHarmony, the dating app to find someone you can be yourself with. Why doesn't eHarmony allow copy and paste in first messages? Because you are unique and your conversations should reflect that. eHarmony wants you to find someone who will get you. How are you going to know who gets you? If people send you the same generic conversation starters, they message everyone else. Conversations that actually help you get to know each other. Imagine that. Get who gets you on eHarmony. Sign up today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. So there's uh, Juan Martín del Potro, Catherine, a little bit nervous, but you can tell that he's he's looking forward to it. And, I mean, he's been one of the stories of the year. The, the, if, if somebody had told you a year ago that he would be in the Davis Cup final and he would have already had an Olympic final and, and been pushing, basically looking like a top 10 player, he's down in the 30s now, but that would not have seemed realistic a year ago. And... and it, I'm so torn because I, I, I love Croatia. I, I love their team. I think Cilic is a great guy, the home team and the crowd and all that sort of thing. But then, then Del Potro. How can you? How can you not want Del Potro to win? It's an irresistible story, isn't it? I do think purely because of Juan Martín Del Potro, most neutrals, as much as I, I think Croatia is one of those countries that pulls in the neutrals. Generally, there is sort of a warmth of feeling, I think, towards Croatia. Um, I do think Delpo will pull in the majority of the neutrals. And also that, you know, four times in the final, never won it. That that helps as well. It will be an incredibly romantic sporting moment if they do win on, I suppose they could do it on Saturday, but probably Sunday. Um, it, it, will, it will just be one of those special moments in sport. Yes, it, it will be special if Croatia win it, but they did win it in 2005. I'm not, it's been a while. I'm not saying, you know, they can't have another one. It's just the majority of the romance is in the Delpo Argentina story, I believe. And 
yeah there's there's something uplifting about just thinking about delpo you know that that moment against vavrinka at the us open when the crowd just start cheering his name in unison in waves and he tears up i mean that is one of the most poignant moments i've seen on a tennis court really it was really quite something and and it illustrated that tennis fans they really get it they really get what Juan Martín del Potro has been through over the last seven years since winning the US Open title people really appreciate it and know what it has taken for him to stick with it and get back to he's inside the world's top 30 again now and he's he's a, he's effectively a top 10 player isn't he that's I, I see him as a top 10 player again and it's just a matter of him getting a full season under his belt to to get the results to 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 nominally get there but uh, he's he's a top 10 player and that there have been times when the prospect of that has seemed fanciful over the last five six years so it's amazing well, I don't know about him tearing up. I'm tearing up. Uh, anyway, uh, he's going to be playing against Ivo Karlovic. And um, we've obviously seen the media put that stat to him about uh, about being the oldest player since the 20s to, to play in a Davis Cup final in the singles. But did he know that stat? Actually, yes. I know that information and uh, I don't know what to what to think of it uh, he, uh, is it good or is it bad but uh, maybe it is good you know because uh, my career was uh, really long uh, so so that's why I'm uh, still here yeah it is good that uh, Marin is, is uh, gonna go first uh, so if, if uh, he's able to get that uh, W then then it will be a little bit uh, easier on me and also it will be a lot more pressure on uh, him on uh, Del Potro and uh, um, I mean er um, everybody knows how good he is uh, this year um, after his injuries uh, beginning with the Olympics he was doing really unbelievable well but also I was doing good so so definitely I will have my chances and uh, hopefully I'll be able to take them. So there's Ivo Karlovic. It's, it's, it's very interesting listening to Ivo talk, Catherine, because I first met him nearly 20 years ago. It was one of those where I was in Umag in Croatia. I was an ATP communications manager. And we came up with this brainwave idea. And weren't we geniuses of getting Ivo Karlovic to have a photo shoot with Juan Antonio Marin, who was five foot three. And so we had uh, five foot three Marin with six foot 11 Karlovic. And, um, and back then, I mean, that was the. It was, well, it was about five years until Karlovic ended up beating Leighton Hewitt at Wimbledon, and he had a, a pretty significant stammer back then. He was he would really st- struggle with with his speech and 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 to do certainly to do live interviews or, and to do press conferences and so forth. And as you can hear there, he he speaks really well. He still has has the issue occasionally if he's if he's actually in a, a press conference situation, but he just plows on regardless. I, I really like Ivo Karlovic. I think he's he's one of the one of the best on social media as well. You know, you some some people are, are would be better off not being on social media. He's actually shown himself to have another side altogether on on twitter uh so do follow him if you get the chance but i don't know i think it's going to be fascinating to see how these particular matches go over the next few days we'll, we'll have our predictions at the end catherine 
But uh, Davis Cup final memories I've been asking for on Twitter over the last uh, over the last twenty four hours, and goodness me, what a trip down memory lane! I ended up in the middle of the night just looking at old finals last night. <laughs> Have you, any any stick out for you? Oh well, I always talk about it, don't I? So I'll, I'll be a broken record against that again. That two thousand and two um, France Russia tie. Uh, and you know the make or break, the making of Mikhail Eugenie and the breaking of Paul Henri Mathieu in that in that fifth rubber really sticks with me. It, everything about that, you know, Mathieu being two sets to love up, and it both being youngsters, and yeah, that really really stuck with me that one. So um, yeah, yeah, I'll- it's 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 quite sad to think of, of. We don't know what would have happened to Mathieu had he not lost that from two sets to love up in the fifth rubber, but. I can't help thinking his career might have been different. He's a lovely guy, is Paul Henry Mathieu. We see him at Queen's every year, and he, he's always one of the most popular people with all the staff there. Um, so, you know, he seems like he's living a pretty good life, but uh, it's uh, it's a shame what happened to him. Uh, ha- this one surprised me. I didn't realise this was before he'd won his first French Open, but Rafael Nadal in 2004 uh, beat the world number two at the time, Andy Roddick, in the Davis Cup final in the the highest attended tie ever at that point. I think 27,000 people were in were in Spain to, to watch that final that uh, that Spain ended up winning. We've got some, some great contributions here at Tennis Podcast. Roderick McGeehy says, uh, Andy Murray, Davis Cup, Ghent, that lob. That lob will forever be remembered, won't it? And the rally that preceded it, yeah. I mean, the rally that preceded it made the lob all the more extraordinary. But yeah, it, it, it'll forever be on the highlights rails. Adele says uh, the Federer-Vavrinka doubles match, the year that Federer managed to win the Davis Cup a couple of years ago, stands out for her. Um, we've also got Will talking about that poor Henri Mathieu heartbreaker, same as yourself. Uh, I was re- thinking back to when Croatia were in the final uh, 11 years ago, and it was Mario Ancic who stepped in and ended up winning it, although Ivan Lubacic had basically carried them single-handedly to the final. Quiz and question it was, uh, for you, David. Who did Mar- Mario Ancic beat in that Ooh. fifth rubber. Which Ooh. Slovakian? Martin Mertinak. Oh. I know that you and I have both read the same article. You with can't his catch me out, Catherine Whitaker. Don't you start trying to get me in trouble on the tennis podcast <laughs> by showing me up. I won't have it. Uh, what about when Yannick Noah in 1991 inspired Henri Leconte and Guy Forget to beat Pete Sampras? And that, that is one of my personal favourites because Sampras was, was a US Open champion by then, but still a very young guy. Um, I, I've gone through all of the, uh, the losses of Argentina. I mean, some of them are absolute... They must have been so upsetting for for the nation. I mean, I I really we we both read that article that you referenced by Chris Clary in the New York Times. Do recommend having a read of that for the for the history of Argentina in the Davis Cup. And and he referenced being at the 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 tie in Argentina against Spain when the Dow couldn't play ten years ago, and that it was he said it was the loudest tennis crowd he has ever heard. And you're talking about a guy who's got 25 years in tennis. Um, so I can only imagine. That's what Argentina's famous for, isn't it? And I, I do think if this tie were being played in Argentina, that sort of instantly puts the ball in their court. It would make them 
the favourites because by all accounts it is the most hostile environment you can step into as uh, as an away fan or player. But uh, it's not. It's in Croatia. I expect... Pretty feverish crowds there too, but it does sound like, by all accounts, there's nothing like an Argentinian home tie. No, uh, I suspect not. And I think really the the surface element would have been a big factor. As it stands, we have... A pretty neutral service. It's, not, I mean, I think if it was greased lightning, you might go with Croatia uh, as a, as a result of that. But I don't think the surface comes into it that much because Del Potro, Potro can play on a on a on an indoor hard court, no problem at all. We've seen how well the rest of the team can handle it against some good British uh, opposition in Britain uh, a couple of months ago. So, Catherine. My only pole vault this week is the the predictions for the final, and uh, and I, I want to know what you think right now. I have to say before you tell me what what the people said, do I? I have to go first. Yes, you. Yes, you do. I have to go first. I think it's really, really even. Uh, um. Do I go with... I'm going to go with Del Potro and Argentina. As much as I love Franco Scugor and as much as, <laughs> as much as I think it would be a wonderful moment for him uh, and all of the Croatian team, I I am going to... I think, I, I think Del Potro will win both his singles rubbers and I think Argentina might win that doubles. So that's enough, isn't it? Yeah, that that would be enough, Catherine. Well, I disagree. I'm going Croatia. I think Marin Cilic is is playing very, very good tennis, and I think he's going to win at least one of his singles. Is, I think is this he an, will play the doubles. Seeing as you've mentioned the good tennis that Cilic is playing, is this a good moment to remind everybody that you predicted that he would win the O2? Just, I forgot to mention that in our post O2 pod. So thought I would. Get that in there now. There we go. Done. He didn't win it, did he, David? Didn't get out of the group. Barely won a match. I mean, uh, I nearly got away with that. Um, oh, Catherine, I can't believe you've shown me up on the Davis Cup podcast. Duh. Well, you're right. That that did happen. Um, I just thought I'd go out on a limb, you know, make it interesting, you know, rather than just going for the glaringly obvious stuff that you always do. Uh, so um, I'm going for Croatia, and um, uh, you can you can believe that or you cannot. Our listeners, Catherine at Tennis Podcast, have voted as follows: Croatia, twenty six percent; Argentina, seventy four percent. I think that's a lot of hearts over heads because I do think, as much as I've just predicted Argentina to win, (laughs) I do think Croatia are the favourites. I do. Um, I'm predicting an upset in Argentina to win. So I think that's a lot of people guilty, like me probably, of being unable to separate heart from head can't wait it's going to be great this isn't it all starts on friday at two o'clock local time one o'clock in the united kingdom that'll be on eurosport eight o'clock in the morning on the east coast of the united states of america on the tennis channel you can also stream it on davis.com uh do stay across all of their channels on their social media they'll be doing the live blog all that sort of stuff as well we'll be back with a podcast to review the davis cup final on monday we can't wait to watch it 
Catherine, lovely to talk to you as always. Likewise. Even if you do show me up about Marin Church. And thanks to you for listening. We'll speak to you soon. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. The Real Housewives is a guilty pleasure for most. But if you're looking to not feel guilty about that pleasure, tune in to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino, where I break down all the messy moments and behind-the-scenes antics of Bravo's popular franchise. And on Everything Iconic, I also interview celebrity guests like Kelly Ripa, Kiki Palmer, Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz, and more about their guilty pleasures, their past work, and so much more. So if you're pop culture obsessed and find yourself watching way too much reality TV like me, tune in to Everything Iconic with Danny Pellegrino, wherever you listen to podcasts. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com.